From the short tracks to the super speedways, from two wheels to four wheels, it's Revved Up ATX on the Horn with Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez. This is where Austin talks racing. Man, this sure is where Austin talks racing. Hashtag Real Race Talk Live Local Digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. <laughs> Revved up ATX. What a week. What a week. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rodney Rodriguez. Showtime Bobby Chaffee across the way. Ty Henderson is behind the glass. Betting. Almost made him some money last week, uh, but uh, that just didn't work out uh, right there towards the end. Sorry about that, Ty. As we dive in, we would love to hear from you all, and I know we have a lot of folks that are probably interested now in NASCAR after this week, even though the races have been a little bit whatever, but uh, 337-3776 on the Specs text line. As we dive in, uh, locked and loaded program, uh, Formula One in the second segment. We'll talk about uh, them as they head to Saudi, but uh, this is going to be a very uh, heavy uh, NASCAR uh, program, Bobby. It's like, uh, man, it's like the the guiding light as the world turns. Days of our lives. Uh, What am I missing? Bold and the beautiful NASCAR, the soap opera that keeps giving and giving and giving. Definitely was a busy, busy week for all of our <laughs> friends, the writers and the talk show hosts and everybody this week. Definitely was not a shortage of uh, stories to go around. Obviously, you have one of the largest fines in professional sports. Definitely the biggest fine ever for a NASCAR team uh, with Hendrick Motorsports' big half a million dollar fine. Then you've got uh, some news with a driver actually admitting on his own podcast. He intentionally took somebody out. He gets the duck. <sighs> points deducted and fine for that it's been a very very interesting week uh which makes it for great radio for us today we'll get into all of that uh because i mean seriously you know with with those two things that you just mentioned uh, and and later on you know pit stop knees and notes places for races all of that and we can kind of dive in there and, and, and talk about you know supercross and as we work towards moto gp and and moto gp you know you're starting to, to see rumblings of that and coda i mean coda coming up uh, i mean we're we're a week out from that and and how great is this for us bobby because now now we're going to atlanta uh, before we get hit, hit the whole shot we're going to atlanta and you have to think that when you get to that super speedway type of racing that it's only going to provide us a good storyline coming into coming into austin i think so i mean obviously since they reconfigured atlanta it's a half mile speed or a mile and a half super speedway mm-hmm. that races like the big daytona and talladega and the pack racing Biggins. so it's it's the best of the both worlds uh, you'll see a little bit of the side by side like you come to be accustomed to it, Daytona and Talladega, but there's also a little bit of that mile-and-a-half field left to it, uh, but they're going to run together. They're going to crash. There's going to be some big crashes, maybe not as big as you get at Daytona and Talladega, but uh, I think it's a race weekend that helps reset the lackluster races we've been having in the last couple of weeks and hopefully bring a little bit momentum coming to Austin. Who needs who needs good racing when you have all this other stuff? And again, we'll dig into that. But uh, let's hit the whole shot. I, I, I as we fire this thing off, whole shot. It's a one out of the box. Um, and I'm not going to the low hanging fruit, Bobby. I am not going to the low hanging fruit. I am going to talk about the NHRA FNA. NHRA FNA. These guys, they come out. All of that coverage that they had that you talked about last week on Places for Races. They nail 1.12 million viewers across all of that platform. All of this stuff going on with NASCAR. We've talked about with with NHRA with drag racing and with IndyCar that they need to you know whatever. Maybe this is a a pivotal year for them you know with the the change in sponsorship but i be damn drag racing man how about that Uh, that makes me happy that makes me happy right there it's really good though right dude we talked about it last week where we said that they need to have something right they need to have something a kick in the pants something positive happen and that last weekend the ratings were amazing i don't think anybody thought the ratings were going to be that good the ratings are going to be that high but lo and behold they were and uh, what a better way to kick off the season for NHRA than just blowing it out the woodwork when you have ratings like that on your on your opening telecast of your 2023 season. Well, and I think a bunch of that it it all comes down to you know it was uh, it was a record for them you know the first time since that relationship together with uh, NHRA and Fox since 2016. I mean, obviously that's our highest number, but when you when you put it on when you put it on Fox and FS1 and two, and you can kind of sit there and say, okay, we're switching over to 
FS2. I mean, people are going to, to switch over with that. And I mean, for them, I think everything just kind of fell in line right there to where they were able to do that. And apparently that last hour and a half, that was where they really just blew the doors out of this thing and, and good racing. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it and, and, and it, it was some outsiders. I mean, um, you know, we love our pro stock champion right here out of Texas. She didn't win. Tony Coughlin Jr. did. I mean, it was different faces. I mean, Matt Hagen, you know, whatever, but Mike Salinas. But I just think that, man, good for them. That That's what it's all about to where – and I guarantee you, Bobby, a lot of that is crossover. That's a lot of crossover to where people are like, okay, I don't want to watch NASCAR. I'm going to watch some drag racing and vice versa. I think that's where that stuff can really help itself. Well, it definitely helped itself that the race was boring from from Phoenix, <laughs> uh, not as boring as the race in Las Vegas. Uh, but by by our standards, or at least by my standards, very lackluster races coming out of the West Coast Spring, the West Coast uh, Swing, rather. Uh, that definitely just kind of it didn't leave a sour taste in my mouth, so to speak. But it left it a little. It just left a little aftertaste that I'm not used to, especially when it comes with the, some of the barn burner stuff we had last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me question some of the packages we have. And I don't know if it changed all that much with this new package they had for Phoenix. NHRA, what a job that they have done. So, um, yeah, that's a great hole shot right there. Off the beaten path, giving a little bit of love right there at NHRA. We'll do it for IndyCar as well. Let's dive into this thing. So, obviously, $400,000, all of the points. Uh, I mean, for Hendrick, and guys, get get this right. I I had some listeners that, that reached out to me on Twitter, and they say Hendrick's. Ain't no S. <laughs> There's four teams. Yes, there are four teams, but his name is Rick Hendrick. <laughs> it's Hendrick. It. Um, I mean, with all of this, don't worry. They're going to make the playoffs, and the whole thing is, you know, people are talking about, well, why didn't Chase Elliott? I've had a lot of folks that reach out to me, and they're like, well, Chase Elliott's team. I'm like, the guy's not driving. The guy's not driving. You can't uh, you can't penalize him uh, for I mean penalize him for being a bonehead and going snowboarding or whatever he was doing or snowmobiling whatever. Uh, but uh, I mean with this uh, I mean it, it's an L two penalty, and th- this really is Bobby. I think a case we we've seen it before last year where I think NASCAR is really coming in and they're saying we're not going to put up with any horse poop. This is, this is, these are the rules. I don't give a damn who you are. You got to follow them. You do not, you do not mess with these parts and race cars. Well, before, right? I mean, back in the day, right? We also back in the day, NASCAR said, you don't mess with two things. You don't mess with the fuel and you don't mess with the tires. Now with these single source parts suppliers having the same thing on every single car, you don't mess with those. They proved that with Brad Keselowski last year. It definitely put a damper in his program to keep him from making the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad with Hendrick Motorsports since they've already shown to be quite dominant already. Uh, I think it hurts a team like Collard Racing who had also had the same penalty the $100,000 in the suspensions and stuff like that as a a smaller two-car team. But yeah, the Hoodlubers, although uh, Colleg is fighting theirs, they said that because they only confiscated one instead of two, that shows that the single the single part supplier is not being as consistent as he should be. If I'm Matt Colleg, I'm calling Rick Hendrick. I'm like, dude, what? what c- come on, man. Uh, I thought it was cool to be hooked up with you guys, but uh, you you got my man, Bobby. I don't really recall a time that I've looked at a point sheet and seen a guy at minus. 40 for crying out loud come on man uh justin haley uh i mean we can look at this but before we do that before we do that so so let's get uh, ty you've got this Let, let's go and let's listen to um vice president of competition elton sawyer here's the bottom line on why all of this happened and and your drinking word of the week is louvers louvers this weekend if you watch a race from atlanta when you hear louvers you have a drink. But here's a Elton Sawyer earlier this week. Basically, as we um, we mentioned at Phoenix, you know, this is an uncharted waters. We, uh, from time to time, we'll capture parts. We'll bring them back. And as we continue to investigate and look at parts and comparing parts, um, it was obvious to us that these parts had been modified in an area. Keyword. Keyword right there. And we'll kind of chop this thing up. Modified. 
modified. It's one thing, and this is, you know, we, we, we can beat this thing up as much as possible, and this is Bobby the racer mentality. When they give you a part and there's a li- something's not right, what are you going to do? you going to turn it in or are you going to fix it? You're going to fix it yourself because if it was right, you wouldn't have to mess with it. Mm-hmm. More from Sawyer. Area that wasn't approved. Um, this is a consistent penalty with what uh, we went through last year with, uh, you know, with other competitors to six to 34. Um, so we felt like, um, you know, to keep the, um, you know, the garage on a level playing field, the competition level where it needs to be. Um, all the dialogue that went around this car last year, working with the owners on what the deterrent model should be, uh, we were we were put in a position that we didn't feel like there was no other way but to write a penalty. Yeah, isn't that what we wanted? Isn't that what we are looking for? I mean, I, I don't see a lot of folks that are that are crying a river for Hendrick Hendricks, but I mean, isn't that what we wanted out of this car? I mean, I think that NASCAR. I mean, even with the evil empire that is that is Hendrick Motorsports that ruined NASCAR with Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, they are doing what they intended to do with these penalties. I think that uh, we wanted parity. And I think we have it, although the fact that they've been dominating uh, the first race, because that put a little, little twinkle in the eye there about why they were so dominant there at Vegas, mm-hmm. maybe, because that would have been the same louvers that they had on there. Uh, did it change anything at Phoenix? No, not really. Uh, they changed out and had different louvers and were still pretty dominant all day. Yeah. Uh, probably shouldn't have won that race. Harvick should have won that race if it wasn't for that last uh, last caution there at the last couple of laps to go. But um I think the dominance will continue. I don't think we'll see a lot of we won't see a lot of skipping the skipping the step of Hendrick Motorsports here in the next couple of races. They'll still be strong. They'll probably win a couple of, couple of the next six races. Yeah, and that's the whole point. You know what I do want to go back to with that is that you know that they they caught them with the parts, and that's really. Uh, the whole thing with this, I mean, they didn't have them on the cars in qualifying. They didn't have them in the race like Bobby's talking about right there. But, I mean, the whole thing is, I mean, when you look at this, I mean, $400,000 worth of fines. And when you start taking away, I think with the points, and, and we're we're looking at these guys plummeting, I mean, this is going to be worse for colleague more than anybody else because now they have to win a race. Uh, you know the other teams involved right here with 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 Hendricks. They're they're, they're going to win a race. They're, they're going to win a race. They're going to be fine. They're gonna, they're going to get everything punched in. But the whole thing is, and what was interesting to me, you know, our man Blake Harris. All of these crew chiefs are banned. They threw them out, and that that's where the appeal to me because Hendrick has appealed this. That's where it's interesting because it's like we're appealing this, but we're going to go ahead and let the crew chief sit out. I think it's an interesting way to do it. Uh, it's one way. Colleague itself, and for colleague racing, the people that don't know which numbers those are, that's the number thirty-one of Justin Haley, uh, the leaf filter car. That's one. That's the car that got the big suspension. The teammate is the sixteen there of AJ Allmendinger. That's the colleague racing that we're referring to. Uh, colleague racing has decided that they will appeal it and they will leave the crew chief intact uh, with that team. But I also think in the uh, Hendrick is not going to win their appeal. Hendricks, they're not going to win their appeal, <laughs> but. They're going to try to get it reduced to some point, get some points back, get some money back, get something. They're not going to win that appeal with the Louvers. That's why they're letting the crew chief sit out now so they can be back sooner. There's no way Hendrick's going to win this appeal. It didn't work for Keselowski and RFK last year when they modified the rear undercarriage of the car. So I don't see there's no way this gets overturned. Hendrick can only talk about wanting to get it reduced. And the whole thing is, I mean, what Elton Sawyer's talking about right there, and Elton Sawyer in that spot, Elton Sawyer himself, a, a racer. And that's, you know, with NASCAR, when you have these guys in these positions, I, I mean, there are they're folks that have been there. And that's what I applaud NASCAR for all the time. Is It's guys like that that understand the mindset of, of whatever. And, and, and here, guys, here, here's really the whole thing with this. So we – Go into the weekend. We talked about it last week. At, uh, catch a podcast at hornfm.com. We talked about it to where they were coming in and they're reducing the downforce. And downforce is what make the, makes these cars easier to drive and, and quicker. So all of that happens. And I don't really know exactly what happened right here. We haven't seen any of this. But apparently it, it was a situation to where – and you cannot alter these parts at all. These are single-sourced parts. So <sighs> – Hendrick comes in, you know, with with these louvers, and they didn't fit. I, I don't know exactly what happened there, but they 
altered them. You cannot mess with them. And, Bobby, this is to where, I mean, put your crew chief hat on it. If you were the crew chief, and this is where it's hard. I mean, do you go tell them, hey, this isn't right, or do you just try to uh, rig it? I mean, what what do you do right here? I mean, this is uh, this seems to me like a little bit of bait right there. I mean, if I was NASCAR, I mean, this is baiting people right here. Not not that they were, but it's um it's a weird deal here. It's not so much a manipulation of the rules, right? I just think that's the problem. It's more of a quality control issue, is what people were saying with the louvers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we talked about, where they only took one of the thirty-one of the call of racing. They didn't take both of them; they took one of them. And so I think that that becomes a quality control issue on every single part because it's such mass production. You've got to make at least thirty-six pieces of one thing within a probably within a hundredth of an inch tolerance. Which has got to be, I mean, the, the tolerance now in this new car is amazing. You know, they'll be throwing people out for the width of a fingernail uh, to have to have stuff that's out of whack. So it's, um, I think it becomes on the, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on the single source suppliers to make sure they get it right and make sure that they have their tolerances within check. Uh, but I, I don't know if, if you see it messed up. You're just going to go with it and make it work, especially somebody with the resources at Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, and and I think it does come down to, you know, with that. And and there's a lot of – and it's so weird to where the, the NASCAR race fan – I mean, there's a lot of folks that are saying, yeah, you know, that aren't Hendrick fans, but now it's like, okay, this penalty's too harsh. And there are still folks that are bashing NASCAR for, for whatever reason. But like we just heard right there from Elton Sawyer, they are carrying the precedent out on what, what happened right there. I mean, he talked about – you talked about it there, uh, Bobby, with the RFK stuff last year at Daytona and, and with the McDowell car as to where they are keeping this consistent. And, and it, you know, for Hendrick, it's not going to be that big a deal. I mean, $400 – thousand dollars is a lot of money and we haven't seen that kind of penalty since i think 2013 when you had the deal you know with manipulating the race you know with michael walter bracing but the 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 bottom line is i think this is where you go in and it's like nascar's doing what they said they're going to do and you can find a lot of faults with them but you know they kind of drug this thing out we usually hear these things on tuesday but uh man when they drop the hammer they drop the hammer that is massive even for a team like hendrick well, it's definitely going to be a it's definitely going to be a kick in the shorts, right? I think, like I said, it's definitely hurting Colleague more than it's going to hurt Hendrick Motorsports. They have the the tools and the, the money, but they don't have the money they once had. It, it doesn't come it doesn't come in buckets of of cash from Lowe's and Dupont and all that like it once did. A little bit a little bit less on the income department coming in, but I think that uh, I think losing the crew chief portion is going to be a That's challenge big. for them. They have a lot of depth in the bench, but I mean, I feel bad for our man Blake Harris. This is now going to be his his second round of suspensions with this whole manipulating the car thing. I don't think it's a unique coincidence there. Uh, you know, Blake Blake's a good guy. He likes pressing the like pressing the button and likes uh, pushing the limits a little bit. But now he's going to be suspended eight races total, four with uh, front row and now four with Hendrick Motorsports. Well, and I'll tell you who who is the one that that, that is coming to the forefront with all of this. I mean, you go back and you you chronicle you know, all of the Jimmy Johnson championships and everything that you, that you had right there, Chad Knauss, who was the crew chief of that 48 car for, for many, uh, several times, you, you know, they call him cheating Chad, you know, whatever you want to call him. But, uh, I mean, uh, competition director at Hendrick Motorsports is what he's being called. I mean, did the call come from Chad? I mean, that, that's where it's so, it's so funny to me, you know, Chad, Chad just kind of doing radio and every now and then pops up on TV and, and all of this, but, uh, here he is, you know, popping up you know 400 you know regular season points 40 playoff points forty thousand dollars or four hundred thousand dollars and a lot of this coming down to canals to where it's like chad, chad canals was the advocate for this chad, chad canals was the one that let this happen this is on chad canals's radar i don't um i don't necessarily agree with that but uh i mean here you go this this is to where the the folks that are kind of being empathetic for for hendrick it's like wow that's chad <laughs> I love it. I mean that that that's our sport, dude. I mean that's um somehow it all comes back to Chad Canals. I'm just waiting for Jimmy Johnson to factor into this somehow. Well, I mean it will depending on what happens at Coda, right? Well, since he's uh, coming back to Coda, we'll see how well he comes back and makes stuff work that way. But uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, the, somebody's going to beat the fall guy for it. I don't know if it's going to be Chad Canals or it's going to end up being somebody else, like a you know a, a couple of lieutenants underneath him but somebody's going to be the fall guy for this thing in Hendrick I don't know if they're going to see anybody get fired but somebody's got to take the heat for it 
Well, and that's that, and the whole Denny Hamlin thing. I mean, when you talk about talking heat, and we'll have to push him out to the second segment. I mean, you know, you know, it's a busy time in, in NASCAR to where we're sitting here talking about uh, scandalous uh, stories, and you have to uh, have two segments worth of all of this. But uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, the, the whole thing is for Hendrick. Um, I've seen a lot of folks like we talked about that that are talking about you know with these louvers that you know they're cheating they're doing whatever I'm sorry the dominance that we saw on on Sunday once again uh, with the Chevys those louvers weren't on the car the, the cars they all pass tech and and they still are the ones to beat and 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 they're just uh they're a couple of steps ahead of everybody and and we see this all the time there's a lot of parody here you know is this going to catch up at some point probably but it um right now it's a Chevy ball game louvers or not I think that the uh, new nose uh, piece, because all three manufacturers Absolutely. got new noses, I think it definitely worked better for Chevrolet than it did for Ford and Toyota because uh, it's been lights out. It's been, what, since uh, 2011 since they won the first four races in a row? Yeah, yeah, and they are rolling. And, and the whole thing is, I mean, now now we get back to, now we go back to the old package. Now we go back to the regular package when they go to Atlanta and they start racing, you know, with super speedway stuff. So uh, it uh, never a dull moment. And uh, I actually, Bobby, somebody messaged me in there like, oh, well, NASCAR had to do something here to spruce up the bad racing. I, I really don't think that this is fixed. I mean, come on. I mean, if you want to say something's fixed, say the uh, uh, March Madness, that's fixed. I mean, you got you got contenders falling off the pace here. Come on, man. There's no way to fix this stuff. Yeah, my, my bracket blew up on Thursday. Totally. Uh Thanks to Foreman, uh, but uh, totally, it is. Uh, it's not rigged. I mean, there's too many aspects. You don't have. You don't have 36 individual competitors coming in to have something rigged like that. It, it's just not rigged. It's that simple. Uh, they NASCAR did what they needed to do. Does the racing here lately been a little boring and kind of suck? Yeah, even we'll admit to that that it's been a little lackluster. But I think it'll get better. Uh, obviously, NASCAR wants the best wants the best product on the TV going forward, especially this year. This mm -hmm. is the media rights renewal year. This is when you want record-setting ratings. This is when you want to see the fans get behind the sport more than ever like they were last year and the year before. NASCAR didn't want to see this thing tank this year during a TV rights renewal year. Yeah, no doubt. And just wait. The circus is heading to Austin week after next. And, of course, we'll have a full coverage of that coming up. Got to talk some Formula One. We haven't even gotten into actions detrimental to the sport of NASCAR. That will be coming up. We'll talk about uh, all of that uh, little uh, incident. <laughs> it's Revved Up ATX on the Horn Saturday morning. We're live, local, digital, on the Horn and at hornfm.com. Dropping the green flag on racing and motorsports coverage. It's Revs Up ATX from the Horn, where Austin talks racing. Diving in on your Saturday, it is Revved Up ATX on the Horn. Talking good stuff right there about the uh, penalties there for Hendrick. A lot of money, a lot of points. But I think they're going to be just fine. But still, <laughs> matter of dropping the hammer down right there for NASCAR. They are staying very consistent, and I think that's the one thing that uh, folks are wanting. Live, local, digital on the Horn app, your smart speaker, and hornfm.com. Glad to have you with us as we dive in, uh, continuing our discussions here. And uh, we'll, we'll take a pause. We're going to give you a little bit of a pump of the brakes right there for NASCAR because we do realize it's time to go to Saudi Arabia. And we had the great conversation last week on on, on the program about, you know, the, the one-two for Red Bull and Fernando Alonso uh, doing what he did for Aston Martin. But, Bobby, here we go. Is this – I think the biggest thing that, that we're going to be watching in this race this weekend is can Aston Martin do it again? You know, Lance Stroll with the sixth-place finish, you, you know, all beat up and, you know, broke legs and broke wrists and everything. It uh, That's going to be something to watch. I, I really do think that, that we are into the discussion once again when it comes to Formula One. Who is the second-best team? I guess we're about to find out in Saudi Arabia. I think so. I mean, I think it's not a matter of if Red Bull can do the domination again. It's going to be a matter of if 
if if Aston Martin can do it again. I think Ferrari uh, got a punch in the face a little bit there uh, with the first race in. I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll stay down. I mean, they, they've been consistently been the second best team. Uh, I, I think that that's going to show up a little bit there in Saudi Arabia, but it uh, it, it it was just such a great showing for Aston Martin. You gotta you gotta feel for him and kind of just root for the underdog, right? Everybody talks about the underdog story. I watched that the day the other day on Fox Sports One about the 1992 Hooters 500 from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody roots for the underdog. That's exactly that's exactly what the general purpose does. That's why the upsets are so great in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. everybody roots for the underdog, and I think right now anybody other than Red Bull is pretty much an underdog with the way Red Bull's pulling out the switch and beating them with it. Yeah, I mean they are so good. I mean it's theirs. I mean, and and it's so weird to to look at Formula One right now, Bobby, and and with. Aston Martin, you know, pulling off what what Alonzo and Stroll pulled off, and uh, you know, we, we we talked about McLaren and who's going to be whatever. It, um, I think there's a lot of folks, and when we talk about Hendrick, with NASCAR fans that you know have no use for Hendrick for whatever reason. I think that we're really looking at something right now to where you have Formula One fans that look at Mercedes and they're like, man, we, we want Lewis Hamilton. We we want the Mercedes team to be better than what they've been because now, now they're the underdog. And, I mean, that that's the beauty of it. And, and and the nice thing is where Formula One's in a really good spot is, you know, we talk about the soap operas and everything that we've been mentioning about, about NASCAR. They've got the drive to survive, whatever, uh, the behind the scenes and all of that. But Mercedes, to watch them come kind of trying to pull themselves back into this if mercedes can can pull a good uh, finish off in saudi arabia and they're the second best team uh, the whole thing for me it's so funny to see people race to be second best that's just that's just not the way that i've been groomed to to, to race well it's also multi-million dollars right There's absolutely the, sometimes you're okay with making sure that you don't have the 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 stuff that red bull has i think that you know it's just so weird. That's why McLaren has, hasn't been at the top of the heap for a long time. And a couple of years ago when they finished third in the Constructors' Championship, that was like winning the war for them. Yeah. So I think that it's it's just the unique positioning of Formula One. We see it in the Cup Garage, too, with some of the lower-funded team. I mean, B.J. McLeod and his number 78 Live Fast Motorsports team ain't going to set the world on fire. But you know what? He's got something more valuable than anybody else has in the garage. He got a charter. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly oh. right. I, I mean, and that's where I really think uh, for Formula One. I mean, if if so, let's say you know McLaren could 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 be the second best team, you know, this weekend in Saudi. Uh, I think that sets a storyline because I, I think everybody realizes that that it's Red Bull's thing, like we're talking about. But I think if you get a really good mix in for that uh, next best, I think that's something. Not Ferrari. Not Ferrari. I, I think that that uh, would would really enhance all of that. And uh, I mean, the the thing is, where Formula One is better than in a better place than NASCAR is, doesn't really matter what they do. They're gonna have a lot of damn people watching. <laughs> that's and that's a good problem to have if you're Formula One. Well, it's a worldwide product. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, when you have one of the couple, I think they have two uh, source feeds all around the world. You know, with the different commentators from all of, all the different places. But I also think that um, it becomes the it, it becomes the circus that you don't want to see, right? Because it's so pro- you know you don't see it in America, right? You don't see it because NASCAR is the most popular motorsports for now uh, <laughs> versus in the world, uh, like the Formula One is, and then down in Australia with the supercars, uh, they're the most popular form over Formula One. So it's worldwide dominance in motorsports, except in two two major markets in the world. So that becomes that's why everybody watches it. And that's, I think, why it's become so popular. Uh, it's amazing how, for me, to see how it wasn't until the U.S. started catching on till you started seeing even more of these big-time sponsorships like Oracle, HP, uh, some of these different uh, Lenovo's and different stuff of the world trying to come on and be the next big corporate partner to some of these some of these outlandish multi multi-millions and millions of dollar budgeted teams yeah yeah no doubt uh it'll be fun to watch it'll be fun to watch uh, red bulls to lose we, uh, you got to go back to nascar and i'm chomping at the bit for this one it uh denny hamlin it um denny hamlin won a, i mean first ballot hall of famer no doubt about it i mean daytona 500 wins everything that he's been able to do with joe gibbs racing bobby we have been in the podcast well in the live cast business for a long time the saying that i always say when it comes to podcasting and live casting anybody can do it that's a great thing 
At the same time, it's a bad thing because anybody can do it. Denny Hamlin, his podcast, um, Actions Detrimental. Um, you had the incident right there that happened at the end of the race. And I got to be honest with you, that, that, that kind of floated under my radar. I missed that. I mean, I saw it after the fact, but the whole, the whole Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain thing, it, um, to me, there's a lot of folks that are talking about this to where it's like, these guys can't let this go. Bobby to me and if you don't know what happened they're racing at the back of the top 10 they get together again I say they and 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 when I talk about them I say they but there is one person that still has a problem with all of this even after they supposedly buried the ha- buried the hatchet one person has a problem and it seems to be the driver of the FedEx Camry I don't see Ross Chastain raising hell Den- Denny Hamlin has got to get himself over this crap he really does. I mean, it's become those cars have had magnets for a season and a half now. They they're constantly together. They're constantly running side by side, nose to tail. Generally, it's Ross Chastain with a little bit of a bumper to Denny Hamlin. But that's but, what you do. You know, it's one I mean, thing that's to what do it, you but do. don't talk about it and brag about it after you do it. Right. That's number one rule in racing. Don't brag. Not in an open platform. Just one thing to brag about it with your buddies that are in the right. shop. That's one thing. Don't brag about it on a platform. And on a service like Dirty Mo Media and your own podcast, NASCAR is going to listen to that. And it's like, of course, they're going to have to do something when you admittedly wreck somebody. I, you know, in my time, you know, I was wrecked plenty of times and I'd get pissed off and I'd wait. And, and then maybe I would retaliate, retaliate. And I would tell one person, I would tell one person and that's it. I mean, I would not tell a fan. I wouldn't tell anybody else. I would tell one person, and it was a person that owned that race car. and Because I knew it was not going beyond that point. And so what Denny Hamlin did, he goes on his podcast, and what is that, episode two? Episode uh, two or three, at max, the third one. The dude goes on, and he says that he did it on purpose, that he did it on purpose after this was supposedly settled. Um Elton Sawyer, once again, because you had a fine in place, you had points, you had money. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Elton Sawyer, once again, on comments about Denny Hamlin just laying it out for millions of people to hear about wrecking his good old friend, Ross Chastain. Individual, right? They're, they're unique to themselves. And when you look at this one this past weekend, um, we would have viewed that as a, as a recent incident. Um, but then as 24 hours later, you know, have a competitor. Ty, stop that. Because that's what that looked like to me. When when you go into the corner, I go back and I watch that. Racers have been in that spot to where you wash up and these things happen, Bobby. It, uh, it We've looked, all been there. It looked legit to me. The track was dirty. All of this stuff is happening. That happens, but, uh, uh, and then uh, the, the mic opens up. Yeah. that has gone on a, on a podcast, which I will say we, we're delighted that Denny has a, a podcast. We think that's great, interacts <laughs> with the fans, but when you start admitting that you have intentionally done something that would compromise the results of the end of the race, then that rises to a level that we're going to get involved. Um, there's, there's no... Um, there's no other way to look at that. And We're I going have, to get involved in those situations. We've been I have read so many that. things to where it's like, just let them do whatever. But so many people, Bobby, that have reached out to me and have said, hey, man, j- just let them do whatever. These are the same folks that are talking about how unsafe this race car is and how you've got a driver that has to not uh, that that cannot race anymore and you had drivers that couldn't race last year. And I, I still hear boys have at it. How the hell long ago was that? Come on, man. It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since boys have at it. It's been since the late 90s since boys have at it. Right. And, and, And the whole thing is, I mean, I totally blame this on Denny. I mean, two things. Denny has got to get over this. Because Ross Chastain is sitting there. He's up at the top of the point standings. And, and I mean, who who um, <laughs> who benefits from this? Ross Chastain. Because Denny loses 25 points, loses money. And uh, I tell you who I'd love to talk to right now is Coach Gibbs. Coach Gibbs, I mean, he's watching his little operation right there just unravel at the seams at the moment. 
It really is. I mean, between losing Kyle Busch last year, having Denny Hamlin become kind of a loose cannon so far this year. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason. It's so ironic that they call Denny Hamlin's podcast Actions Detrimental because that's exactly what it came in the they rule cited book. that rule. Actions yeah. Detrimental and then the manipulation of a race. It wasn't as bad as the Bubba Wallace thing last year with Kyle Larson, but at the same time, it you just you just can't go on and brag about it. NASCAR wouldn't have done anything about it because it looked like a racing deal, and it was until he found out it manipulated the finish, and that was just that was it. That was the end of that. And you have to think about this. I mean, he had to know better. And I know that he's already posted, you know, Monday that he's going to reach out to, to the NASCAR fans. I, I forget what he said. But, I mean, it doesn't matter what he says. I mean, he can reach out to all of us. He could call me on the phone tomorrow and, and tell me whatever. And I'm like, it really doesn't matter, dude. I mean, it. Uh, I totally get it. I totally get it. And it... Um, I just I, I I don't know why why do you do that? I mean, Denny Hamlin knows better. In the blog post I wrote, you know better. You know better than that. It um it's a damn shame that and, and here's the funny thing. Like we were talking about with Hendrick, when we get down to the end of the year with the with the 10 playoff points that, that each team lost and and then with Denny over here when you get to this, if it comes down to this and and either one of these cost you a championship, it's your own damn fault. Nobody else's. No, not at all. I mean, I think I think the the ironic part would have Denny Hamlin miss out with the points that he's missing out on versus the you know the Hendrick penalties and points are going to be the ones that's going to have the bigger effect on the overall season. But with as tight as it is going to be to get into the to get into the playoffs, twenty five points is a lot of points. It is. It really is. And you need that. It's half at, a race. It is. And you need that at the end. And, and you've dug yourself a hole. And, and here's the whole thing. And, 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 and I really do go back to, to the whole Chastain thing. Um, I, and I must have missed it when they said that they buried the hatchet and the, you, go to the, you go to the Coliseum and these guys get together and, and it's going to be a short track fiasco. You're going to lean on each other. These things are going to happen. There, there is no way that you're going to avoid each other. But like I was saying here at the first part of all of this is to me, when we sit here and we look at this, it's like a bad divorce. It's like a bad divorce in a situation like this to where one person just can't let go. One person is still hung up on this thing. And for Denny Hamlin, I, I'm going to hate it if we get to the end of, of Denny Hamlin's career and he's still hung up on a situation that where he's tied up with Ross Chastain because Ross Chastain has a lot of years left in this sport and he's going to do a lot of really good things. He won here at Coda. He's coming back to defend that title next week. And to see what he's continuing to do, Ross Chastain is sitting back right now and he's thinking, man, I've got one of the greatest of all time because that's what Denny is. He's sitting back and he's watching this and he's like, man, I, I got this dude on his high heels because he does not know how to tolerate me. He rattled his cage for sure, right? To use that uh, epic line from Dell Earnhardt Sr. He rattled that cage and that bird that's inside that cage is definitely rocking and rolling and feeling the effects of having the cage rattled. Man, it, it really is. And, and Denny has to find a way to, to, to get past this because – uh, you know, it's one thing uh, they're going to see each other again. And I, I know a lot of the conversation across the industry is how is this going to change the way that guys race each other? Well, I guarantee you one thing. Uh, there's not a lot of guys that are going to go and, and pick up one of these microphones that we talk on, uh, you know, a couple times a week and do that. And that 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 to me is what is most um mind-boggling to me to say that uh, i mean you you do things behind the wheel of a race car yeah i mean you get caught up in the moment and things happen but and yes yes a lot of things are, are you you sit there and you wait i mean you, you chase a guy and you're like okay here we go but for denny to say i'm gonna take him with me i'm gonna let go of the steering wheel all this come on man that that is ridiculous if all he said it was a racing deal when they got together, everything had been just fine. The second he said it was on purpose and I did it intentionally, all bets were off. And and why do you even? Uh, I mean, I just I seriously don't get it. And you know, a lot of this uh, again, I've had folks that are like, "Well, here's NASCAR doing whatever." No, NASCAR has nothing to do with this. This is Denny. This is not Dirty Mo Media doing whatever they're going to do. I mean, what Dirty, Dirty Mo Media has done is they turned him loose and gave him however long that podcast is and gave him a microphone and said, you say what you're thinking. And that's what we all do. I mean, we sit here on Sports Talk Radio and we talk about this stuff. But 
my goodness, at some point you got to know better. And that's uh, that's one of those things to where, it, to me, when we talk about Hall of Fame resumes and all of this stuff, when I look at the entire history of Denny Hamlin, I'm going to look at this and say, man, he accomplished a lot. But when it came down to a situation like that, he kind of had poop for brains because that was stupid, downright dumb. Yeah, but Dirty Mo got exactly what they wanted out of that well, deal. Of course they did. I mean, exactly. They got exactly everything they wanted and more now. It, and this is where, and this is where you know we talk about drive to survive, and 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 all of that. I mean, NASCAR. There's no delayed response. There's no tune in next week for this. You live it. I mean, you jump on Twitter, boom, there it is. You jump on Dirty Mo Media, boom, there it is. You you listen to Elton Sawyer here with all of this. You listen to Sirius XM. You listen to Revved Up ATX on the horn. And we're sitting here talking about all of this stuff. And again, the power of NASCAR, man, they um, they got a good thing going. And 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 I'll tell you that the thing that I that I've heard from a lot of people, and it's like, okay, the racing is a little bit, but the drama is really good. I mean, it's just, I mean, don't correlate it together. It just happens that way. Happen. It just happened that way. 36 weeks, though, the show never stops. That's why every. That's why NASCAR is the greatest, uh, greatest series in motorsports because they go so many weekends in a row, uh, nonstop from, Janu- from February all the way to November, very few breaks in between versus all the other series with a couple of different breaks. That's, that's right. why it's the best in the world. It's just like the NFL. We've been sitting here watching Aaron Rodgers go into the dark and, and figure out what he's doing. We're, you know, our hearts are broken because Zeke Elliott is no longer a part of the Dallas Cowboys. We're watching people move all around and do all of that. Uh, the NASCAR world lives the same way, just not quite with that um, fandom that the NFL does to where it never stops. It never stops. And that is the thing with NASCAR. You you race on Sunday, but it just goes on and on because everything reciprocates after the fact. And I, I got to tell you, this right here between the Hendrick thing and, and Denny Hamlin, this has been one of the most fascinating weeks to me in my many, many years of watching NASCAR um, to where the off-the-track stuff has just been <laughs> really – Really pretty cool to see and, and hilarious to a certain extent. Now, very entertaining was the off track stuff this week, more so than normal. So that's what makes it a good time. Like I said, makes it fun for our friends in Charlotte uh, that walk and talk and do all the stuff. And it makes it makes it way more fun for us when something like that happens. So how many people are going to are going to sit there and subscribe and uh, be a part of actions detrimental? I, I tell you it. Uh, boom. There you go. It worked. It worked. It's it worked. It did what it needed to do. Yeah. Dirty Mo Media looks like a genius now. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. <laughs> Funny stuff. Coming up, uh, yeah, Formula One. Sorry, Formula One. I mean that 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 that's two stories that that are hard to uh, that are hard to pass up. So um, yeah, really good stuff. Coming up, uh, we got pit stop news and notes, places for races, and and I I can only imagine that this will continue to come up with um, as the world turns the story of nascar it's revved up atx on the horn it's 1049 1019 fm am 1260 streaming on the horn app and at hornfm.com the green flag on racing and motorsports coverage. It's Revved Up ATX from the Horn, where Austin talks racing. Revved Up ATX on the Horn. Bobby Chaffee, Rodney Rodriguez, Ty Henderson. Land of confusion indeed with all this NASCAR stuff. It's actually not that confusing. Not confusing at all. I mean, NASCAR's doing what they uh, said they were going to do. Great uh, program as we dive in here. You got NASCAR heading to Atlanta. Formula One heading to Saudi Arabia. And just, uh, Bobby, I mean, next week, dude, I mean, let's get Atlanta out of the way. We are going to have so much coverage of NASCAR at COTA. NASCAR coming to Austin. I know you sent me something. You're going to have a a Stuart Hoskar in Bastrop, Texas, for crying out loud. Come on, man. I I like that. Great, isn't it? (laughs) Bastrop. Mahindra. Oh, that's why. Okay. I, I didn't get that. Okay. That's good. I like that. 
Park those cars I everywhere. Hendra, I had Mahindra all over the car in the suit. How did you not get that? No, I'm sorry. I didn't look at it that close. I just saw the 14. Oh. I just saw the number oh. 14. Good stuff right there. We've been talking about the Hendrick stuff, the Denny Hamlin Formula One, as we talked about, uh, pit stop news and notes, as well as we're talking about with NASCAR. Uh, I mean, we, we get NASCAR out of the way at the end of March, and then here comes MotoGP. So, uh, Coda, Coda, blowing and going, man. That That, that is a uh, – Coda's doing some good stuff, man. People just don't realize what what a gem we have sitting out there in Elroy. A lot of people don't like it because the traffic that it creates over the race weekends, but it's a hell of a facility, man. I love it. It's one of the best in the world. That's why all the Worldwide Motorsport Series go there. We knew when they built it, it was just a matter of time before NASCAR decided to show up in our backyard, and we're glad they're here. That's right, and we helped it. Um, I do want to talk to you about, Bobby, before we dive into uh, anything else further, Nashville, the fairgrounds. I, I saw this week that uh, the whole collaborative effort right there to, to bring that place back. Bristol Motor Speedway putting a lot of money on the line. Uh, to, to bring Nashville back. I, I know the Nashville folks are excited, and uh, just with everything right there, there's a lot of loopholes and everything that's happening right there. You had community meetings and everything that are, are, are trying to bring Nashville back. Bristol's going to pay a million dollars in rent a year to, to help bring that place back. Man, is that good business? I, I mean, to me, it's like, oh, my God. I, I, I hate to see a track close down, but I, I don't think that I would do that. That's a lot of money, but if you figure out that they're going to still run a weekly show there, hopefully, and not just concentrate on a couple of cup races a year, that makes more sense trying to run it as a facility. But a million dollars a year, that's a lot of that's a big budget, uh, especially for a town like Nashville, who's trying to become a major sports hub now with the Titans, the Predators and uh, Nashville FC. Um, so which is the stadium's right next door to the fairgrounds. So who knows how that's going to shake out? Also, they will have to install sound mitigation devices. I can only assume that's going to cost a lot of money. I remember uh, back in the day at Thunder Hill Raceway, back in the day at Thunder Hill Raceway, they installed sound mitigation devices. They were trees that finally grew. But uh, that, uh, man, I, I don't know. It's a lot. I mean, Nashville kind of is. I mean, you know, Charlotte and, and everything in North Carolina, that is the place to be. But uh, th this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot. I, I just hope that this effort continues to happen. This this facility to me is very important uh, in racing, but man, it, it just seems to be getting more and more expensive each and every time we turn around. Every dadgum community meeting that we have, it's costing more money to keep Nashville afloat and to put them in the spot they want to be. Yeah, the only thing that worries me, though, other than all the stuff you just mentioned, is where's the date coming from? Mm. Where do they? What track is going to lose their date to have a expensive date? be there for Nashville for that million dollars a year in rent. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, we, we have watched this many, many times to where we, we've seen Rockingham, all of these tracks come back. They don't get a cup date. They get a truck date. They get a Xfinity, whatever the case is. And it's not the same allure. People just don't want to go watch those series. Uh, I mean, to me, I mean, you think about that Nashville I mean, get yourself a, a ASA, you know, Super Series. It gets yourself an SRA National, uh, SRL National. Th those are great dates, but uh, I mean, people want the Cup Series, and I don't know. Maybe Nashville's different to where that would happen, but um, I just um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a lot of money on the line. A lot of money I don't have. A lot of money I don't have, and I'm glad other people do to try to sustain this thing. Yeah, but the pictures of the concept of that place look pretty, don't they? Oh, absolutely <laughs> they do, man. And, and that's and and that's where part of me it's like, uh, well, you know, it's not the same. I, I mean, it's a different time. It, it is a different time, and, and yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. it, it it's uh, <clears throat> things have changed. Things have changed from the mid '80s. Uh, let's talk some Supercross. Ken Roxon, how about that dude? He goes out there and gets him one there at Indy. Um, and I think to me, the biggest thing is, you know, I know Cooper Webb is now the point leader there in Supercross, SupercrossLive.com, all of your stuff right there. But uh, the big thing for me, Ken Roxon wins a race, and that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, that was that was a huge. I would call that an upset more so. Me too. It's a feel good story, but that was what I would call an upset for sure. Yeah, he gets out there. I mean, he's been through a lot. He had to. He had to go into the dark. <laughs> Remember, he went to the dark too, like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Kind of had to figure out uh, if he wanted to do this any longer. But uh, yeah, good stuff for him. 
Cooper Webb, um, like we said, now with the red plate, and uh, they'll continue moving on. And uh, we'll see if uh, he's going to be able to uh, hold that off. And, you know, Eli Tomac, that uh, I think we're – the good thing is what I like about Supercross is that we are at this point. We're, we're past the halfway pole. We're at a point right now to where they're going to race this thing out, and, and we we may have us a damn good race to the end uh, for the championship. And that that's a whole thing. I don't care who dominates. I want it to stay close, and I think that we're there. I think it's closer than what we thought it was going to be when Tomac was dominating the first couple of races. So it's good to see the point battle tightening up for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we talked about NHRA, a great weekend for them. And I really do think that, that this is a situation to where we want every series to thrive. We want NHRA to have a lot of people watching. We want IndyCar to have a lot of people watching. I saw, uh, you know, it was a big, uh, you know, a lot of folks excited for the for the test or for the media event happening at TMS uh, a couple of days ago there, you know, coming up for the PPG 375. So you had all of that happening. I mean, everybody, everybody do well. It's only good for all of us. NASCAR and F1 carry all the coverage. MotoGP coming in. They're going to bring all of their people. We want all of these people to do well and it seems like we're on that path we're getting there slowly but surely the rising tide raises all boats that's right all right my man places for races what all we got going on this weekend dude because we are full blown into this stuff now actually we got a lot of stuff happening this weekend uh so far today cup qualifying is on right now from atlanta on fs1 uh, it'll wrap up uh, towards the end of uh, tc show uh, the Truck Series Freight 208 uh, from Atlanta, 1 p.m. on FS1. Stick with FS1. The Xfinity race starts at 4 o'clock. Uh, interesting for our road racing friends, IMSA 12 Hours of Sebring. The TV coverage kicks off at 3.30 to 9.30 on USA. The first part of that race, ironically, is really weird, is on Peacock. They go flag to flag on the 12 Hours of Sebring. Uh, Supercross at Detroit, gate drop at 6 p.m. on Peacock tomorrow. Uh, we've got uh, the Saudi Arabia GP. Uh, it is at noon on ESPN. Uh, the Cup Series pre-race at 1 o'clock on Fox and the Cup Series race from Atlanta, uh, 2 p.m. there on Network Fox. So lots of good racing action. Stick with FS1 for most of the day. Uh, stick with Fox and ESPN tomorrow. That's right. That is exactly right. It is race time. We're going. Continue to follow the saga that is the days of our NASCAR lives. <laughs> going to be good stuff. Bobby, what's up for the weekend, my man? Uh, going to be dodging raindrops, cold spells, and going to try to watch the race in Atlanta. May even try to make a trip to Fredericksburg uh, to watch some trade day stuff. Nice. Hashtag Real Race Talk. We're back next Saturday. We'll wrap it all up. It's Revved Up ATX. Stick around. TC Speaks coming up.